When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want skin care for men made easy? Try the Bulldog range from Kimmer's Warehouse starting from $8.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. A.M. Welcome into your Tuesday morning of unadulterated sport here on SCNZ. Daniel McCarty back by popular demand. The demand coming from the bosses because someone's sick, not the population of New Zealand. But count all, wonderful <laughs> to be back alongside this fine, fine crew. The star of the show looking resplendent, rocking the scarf early. That's off. It must be game time. Like a boxer taking off the robe. Get Here he is, our heavyweight champion of the world. It's <laughs> yeah. Tony Kemp. Morning, fella. Morning. What, a, what an <laughs> intro, Dan. You can do that every morning if you want. <laughs> yeah, but I had the scarf on. Jeez, uh, getting starting to get that that feel for winter coming through. And um, I loved it this morning. Got on and watched the cricket. I know you were too, Dan, watching the cricket up there. What do you think? 163, is it enough? Or do Pakistan come back and... Just start smacking it around, and we can't control it. Can I? Can I wait twenty odd minutes? Um, <laughs> can I wait till one of Rizwan or Barbara's arm is gone? In fact, can I wait till both of them are out? Yeah. These two, um, you know, arguably the very best international opening partnership going around. Barbara's arm, Rizwan have just been uh, the heart and soul of the batting lineup of Pakistan for a number of years. If we're to look at the totality, the the New Zealand innings. Uh, it's just below par as far as historical scores in Lahore can be. The average score is about 165. The good thing about uh, bowling second, though, is generally um, anything around par tends to be a winning score. New Zealand are just there with 163 to their names. The highest run chase at this ground uh, in the history of uh, T20 cricket is only 176, and I think there's only been five scores above that. So New Zealand have a real chance here. Uh, batting first, I think, was so important. I, I was a little bit worried at the halfway stage again, uh, Kempe. If we look at, you know, if we, we separate the opening 10 overs of the first two games, um, Pakistan, I think, were plus... 
37 and plus 27 um, in game number one. That means that through the, the first 10 overs, they'd scored 37 more runs than New Zealand did after 10 overs and 27 more runs than New Zealand did in games one and two. New Zealand at the halfway stage here were just 64 for two. And I must admit, I was getting a little bit um, uh, frustrated. Yeah, I, I was. I was because New Zealand are depleted. They've got a host of players in the IPL. You know, one of the great, I think, tragedies in international cricket is, for some reason, we all know it's probably political, it absolutely is political, Pakistan players don't get invitations to, to the IPL. So Pakistan's stacked. It's their, mm. it's their top side. Um, and they have, you know, arguably one of the best bowling attacks in all of, um, you know, T20 international cricket. So uh, it was always going to be difficult, and I was a little bit frustrated at that stage. But uh, Tom Latham, Daryl Mitchell put on a really good partnership with 65 off just 43 balls. And then uh, we had our best period through over sort of 11 through uh, 13, you know, with, what, nearly 40 runs scored and that. And I was thinking, hold on, we're going to get 180 here. But then we lost Mitchell and Latham in consecutive overs. Still did quite well, though. The, the new batsman coming in, getting adjusted, it's not easy. Uh, but we're able to eke our way to through to 100. Well, eke's probably not the right word. Uh, 163 for the loss of five. So nearly 100 runs off those last 10 overs, Kempi, 99 to be exact. So, you know, pretty optimistic. And so far, so good as uh, Pakistan find themselves. Oh, what a catch, Kempi! What a How catch. How is that from Rajan Ravindra at third man? And the time, good Wellington boy. The time Adam Mill, another good Wellington import. Um, <laughs> and Baba Azam, who got 100 in the last game, is gone. A bit of a slashing drive, and it's carried all the way to third man, and Rachin Ravindra has taken a, uh, a a brilliant catch. So six for one with one ball remaining in the second over. Um, um, I, this very long answer to your question, I started a little bit dark and overcast. I'm sunny now, Kempi. I'm happy. <laughs> and Ravindra there coming straight out of the pads because he had, he had the uh, lasted bat, pulls off one of the catches. Oh. <laughs> Diving, cash, diving to his it? left, yep. Got plenty of uh, oh, plenty of stretch in the hammies there going down for that one. And Baba, <laughs> Baba, bye-bye, Baba, he's, he's gone. Baba, bye-bye, I like that. There's a lovely ring to that. I'm going to steal that next time uh, we commentate cricket. Bye-bye, Baba, wonderful to see you. Um, the, the rather trickily named, uh, you've got to be very careful with this name, uh, Kempi. I know. Because man's coming into bat. Yes, And uh, he's quite a player. Um, <laughs> he's a very good player coming in at number three. But this is a really positive start for New Zealand. 6-1, looking to defend 164 uh, T20 series. Five of them. New Zealand need to win three if they're going to win a series. It, 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 you know, I would have given 1% chance of winning the, the T20 series. I give them more of a chance in the one-day um, Yeah. Yeah, mainly because Pakistan's such a good T20 side and such a great bowling attack. Um, and, you know, New Zealand missing so many uh, key players. So we'll follow that with great interest. Uh, and all going well, we'll catch up with my running mate on a Saturday, Kempi. Uh, pro- this game looks like it's going over time. So, uh, you know, producers be aware it might be a fluid situation. Um, we're going to try and uh, track down uh, one Grant Elliott, who is uh, with the Pakistan uh, Broadcasting crew, providing uh, wonderful coverage, I'm sure. Um, uh, for the for the local and international television feed. So, um, Mr. T.S. Elliott, Grant Elliott, will join us at about uh, 20 to 8. Hey, we've got a great show lined up, as uh, always. Hey, we, we had a bit of fun at <coughs> Arsenal fans' expense yesterday, didn't we, Kempi? We're going to talk, uh, we're gonna talk some football after 7. We'll head uh, to the UK and actually uh, you know, pick a path how these uh, two sides, Arsenal and Man City, um, will get to the finish line. Um, but also joining us on the show a little bit later after... 
uh, 8 o'clock as he hurriedly tries to find. He was a birthday boy yesterday. He was. Kempe. He was. He was. Carmo. Big Carmo. What, what would that make him? Would he be sort of close to 60? Have to be, wouldn't he? We'll have to, we'll have to ask him. Now, I'll tell you what, he don't feel it or look like it because he's gone he from the top eh? of Cape Briunga all the way down to the bottom of the bluff. Hopefully they've got some oysters down there waiting for him after that effort um, <laughs> with Richie Barnett and, of of course, uh, the team of I Am Hope. Yeah, look, Rick Wells, I saw him on Friday night too when they pulled into Auckland. Um, they called into Hotel Ponsonby, one of the sponsors up there for this um, do drop in. And, geez, those boys look fit. Carmo, Carmo, uh, Richie Barnett and Rick Wells, they all look like they can pull a football jersey on still. Um, and I guess they have to be too, you know. Great calls for Mike. Had a, had a bit of a chat with Mike about it. And, you know, when you think about it, Dan, the, these guys doing what they're doing for mental health, uh, and especially men's mental health, yeah. Uh, I tip my hat to them. You know, it's not like they've chosen to do it in January, the middle of summer. They've chosen to do it and go instead of going south or north where it gets warmer, they're going the other way around. So, you know, I, the first thing I would have said if if that was me to Mike King, I said, no, 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 we're starting at the bottom, mate, and we're going to finish up here where <laughs> where the bones don't get colder, they get warmer. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you don't you don't trust your ability. Well, to, you, to maintain a standard, you, you're on a sliding scale here. Well, I don't know. You're like, well, Karma was a back row, Richie was a winger, and you've got, and you've, got, I don't know where Rick Rick played, but there was obviously no halfback in there with brains, mate. Because that's the first thing I would have said. Like, get me in the water, down yeah, the coldest water now. It's, it's, you know, it's April. Don't get me in there like in two weeks' time when I'm freezing already because mm. I've come down through your home, Wellington, down through Christchurch and having to end up down there. Yeah. Man, who knows what's coming from down there? It'll be a polar blast <laughs> exactly. probably in a week's time. Who knows? Who knows? If it's Rick Wells of triathlon fame, he's at home on, uh, you know, uh, bike. He is on so water. fit. He uh, is so fit. And, and, and on his two feet. But every time I call Karma over a weekend, he's doing I'm just going out for a monster swim. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm out doing something, so I can't wait to catch up with uh, Ian Jones, the former All-Black great, well, one of the very best locks we have ever produced. Uh, we'll catch up with him after uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, so we've got lots to get into today. Uh, what we do like to start off with is the uh, can't wait question of the day, and rather pithily yesterday. I, I was joking uh, about the question you should come up with for today. I didn't expect you to actually go through it. Um, it is there, but I, you know, Joe and I didn't get off on you know the, the best of terms yesterday, did we, Kimpy? And I've gone away. I've reflected. I've reflected. I've analysed my performance, and um, you know, I'm going to be a little bit nicer. So uh, I'm going to question of the day. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little line through the question of the day, which was um, me, basically a chance for me to ridicule his Stephen Lampard, um, you know, mishap from yesterday. But, but Kempi, I've stumbled on, on this little news story out of... Um, little news story. And, and it makes me think, gee, I've made some bad life decisions. You know, A, getting into <laughs> sports media in New Zealand. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> getting into media in New Zealand, you know. That's a big, those radio that's stations a are falling over. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, and I was, you know... Never, never, never blessed with great athletic ability. I wish I had. Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. Have you heard this story, Kempe? No, Good player, I, no right? I haven't. Fill, fill me in. He's, uh, you know, close to being an MVP this year. Of course, uh, the Eagles had a wonderful year. Yep. Wonderful year. Um, he has just signed a contract. He's 24 years of age. He's just signed a contract, according to reports that are the, uh, the United States of America, 
that will land him. And I'll do this in, what, New Zealand dollar bucks? New Zealand pesos? He's landed a contract um, worth about 418 million New Zealand dollars. Half a bill. Yeah, approaching half a billion to throw a pigskin. He's a quarterback. You know, guaranteed money, 179 million US. That's about 100, 280. That's a lot of coin, isn't it? it it's it's ridiculous. It's staggering. Uh, in some ways, it's staggering. But my, that's a whole heap of dinero. It's a whole heap of Robert De Niro's, isn't it? So I'd like to know on our current way question of the day. Throw out to our listeners. If they were to cut a check like that, what's the first thing they're going to do? What's the first thing you would do, Kempe? <laughs> if you landed a four hundred and thirteen million New Zealand dollar deal, what 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 is Kempe doing? Ooh, mate, I'm going to have to have a chance. I'm actually going to have, have to have a chance to think about that one. Normally, <laughs> I'd come. I've, you know, my in my mind, the first thing I thought about was buy a new tractor. Um, but. Oh, really? <laughs> But, but hang on, hang on. That was probably the first million. Now that you've now that you've quadrupled it to four hundred, I'm going to have to think a little bit longer about that tractor. Might, well, the tractor might have to wait. Back, back up the tractor. But why do you want a tractor? Oh, mate, I'm like, I like my lawns, mate. My tractor's getting a bit old. You know what I mean? So, so you actually own a tractor? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Got so ya. I'd get a. Oh, mate, you know, the dream is to have this big beastly-looking thing with a V8 motor and a 16-foot-wide slasher on the back that just goes over any terrain in four-wheel drive. So, mate, with that but with that, that amount of money, you'd build your own. You'd probably come up with your own brand. You could pimp your tractor. Oh, how good would that be? You remember Pimp My Ride? Remember yeah, Pimp yeah. My Ride from all those years ago? You can go pimp your tractor. Lower it, put a great, you know, sound system in there. Oh, you, some do, hydraulics. you could do all sorts, but that's a mate, and and that's the. Would you put him in the quarterback? Because um, Patrick Mahomes, what does that make him worth? He's money. Like, what does that make oh, him worth? Well, like, because because he towed him up in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. You yeah, know, he should have. Yeah, you know, he had plenty of chances to win it. Jalen Hurts, but he he couldn't get past. We all we're all sitting in here going, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. He gets it, and and the way that he played, as we saw, does you know, if he's signing a four hundred million dollar deal, what does that make Patrick Mahomes worth? Mahomes worth. Well, Patrick Mahomes is also very very rich, isn't he? He signed a massive deal too. Uh, but the I, I don't know where this lands as far as one of the biggest deals of all time. It's got to be right up there. Um, you know, 413 million New Zealand dollars, um, you know, uh, five years. This is only over five years, people. Five years. He'll earn 255 million US dollars. Um, guaranteed portion of that is worth 179. So he'll absolutely receive 179 million US. Um, and if he's good enough over those five years and his team doesn't rudely cut him, as the NFL um, are quite capable of doing to their players, uh, he'll earn 255. That's before endorsements, of course. Yeah. It's just this ridiculous. Should we go around the table? And, uh, you know, Joe, what, what would you guys do, you know? Uh, I'd, I'd probably be dead in three months, Daniel, to be <laughs> to be completely honest with you. I don't know how long I'd last with that much money in my bank account, to be fair. <laughs> I don't know, eh? If I was a professional athlete, it wouldn't mean much to me. Like, uh, you know, I, I would have... Oh, 
What? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, he, he was already making a fair bit amount of money, I'm guessing, right? And, like, you'd have you'd have everything you want. You'd have lots of friends, you know. You'd have, you'd have you'd get into any club you want. You <laughs> yeah. Know, you'd already have a nice car. Like, how much does a man need? I know. Uh, Not I mean, really the spirit of the question, though, when I asked what would uh, you do uh, if uh, you landed a 255 million yeah. US deal? Yeah, that's... Knowing full well you're getting up at Sparrow Smart <laughs> to come into work for SENZ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll buy. I'll, I'll, I'll probably just give it all to my mum. I can't. I can't even comprehend. I don't know. <laughs> give it all. Well, most of it. Most well, you're of, a liar. Most you're of you're a liar for a start. <laughs> I would. I would because mum. Mum would. Mum would buy things for me. Like she wouldn't be selfish with this. But I. I, I don't want. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want that much money. He you don't want that much money. No. Give me some, mate. You can have it. You just sit. You just sit there. Open the doors up. And we'll come and help you. What's your mum's name? Mary. Mary, congratulations, Mary. You've, you've produced a wonderful son. I can, I can tell you for a fact, my mum and dad ain't getting a dime. Oh. <laughs> they are dead. So it would be a bit stupid, you know, if I actually gave them some money. <laughs> I'm going to knock down my garage, which is the most embarrassing garage on the face of the planet, Kempe. I'm worried about my own life every time I go into that thing. So I might have a uh, come smash my garage down party. And you can bring your tractor, dude, <laughs> that you can that pick up and you can drive over. It won't take long because I'd put a front end on it too, which would just go straight through. <laughs> yes. Not only your garage, your home, mate, with that much money, you'd knock your garage down. You'd be knocking your house down. You'd be, you'd be owning the block. Yeah, you, yeah, you're probably right, actually, mate. Um, yeah, and knock my garage down to put a skyscraper in. McCarty Tower. I like the sound of that. Uh, so that's our uh, can't wait question of the day. Double eight, double three. Let's have a little bit of fun. What would you do if you cut a life saving check if someone offered you a five year, 413 million New Zealand dollar deal? What's the first thing you're going out and doing? Double eight, double three. Send through your uh, responses and answers. The sillier, the better. Uh, like, I don't want the money in the first place. Uh, thank you, Joe. Um, to the Temper Beer Post text machine on double eight double three. You're listening to Daniel and Kimpy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. We will be back shortly. Twenty five minutes after six a.m. A reminder later this hour: the Kimpy quiz coming your way. Chance for you to win, and basically a chance for you uh, all to atone for your sorry effort yesterday. That's right, Kimpy. We were a little bit disappointed, weren't we? <laughs> That's right. Just getting to understand the roles a little bit better, Dan, you know, and you're the clue master, so just don't don't forget today, when you, if you are phoning in, because you will be phoning in, it's 100 bucks that's been rolled over today for that TAB bonus bet on 0800 um, 150 so uh, get ready to call in. But, yeah, I think Dan will f- fly through the clues today because I've seen the quiz. Man, it ain't an easy one again, and we might have to roll over again. Oh. Oh, I see. So, so, get, so get what, your clues what, ready, I, mate. I, I just, I just throw out the clues at any stage. Well, it's entirely when up, it's entirely up to you. It's entirely okay, up to enough. you. You're the you're the clue master. All right. Okay. Uh, call any time on the Kennards Hire phone line. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Just not right now for the quiz. Okay. This is coming up later this hour. Uh, updating the uh, cricket, New Zealand earlier today made 163 for five, batting first in the third T20 International. Latham made 64, Mitchell 33, 163 for the loss of five. Great start with the ball, though, for New Zealand. Both Barbara's arm gone, as we described, caught at third man off the bowling of Milne for one. And Mohamed Rizwan has also gone run out. Chad Bowes involved in another run out. He was involved in a very good run out in game number one. Rizwan gone for six. 
our dear friend Fakir Zaman is on 10 not out, and um, Saim Ayub is 3. 24 for the loss of 2, Kempi in the 5th over. Excellent start struggling. here from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pakistan are struggling. Uh, and we've got a couple of uh, early responses to our can't wait question of the day. If you are to be awarded a five-year deal with $413 million, as uh, reportedly Jalen Hurts from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles ha- has landed, um, what would you do with uh, that um, check, that first check when it arrives? And we've got some you know, kindred spirits of Joe here. from Charlie's written on the Temper Bedpost text machine on double eight double three. I'd give $400 million to Starship. And the rest, I'd take a long holiday, Kimpy. Yeah, like good that? man, Charlie. Old yeah, Chaz, he's going nice. straight for the, the yeah. uh, I guess, one of the best, that's one of the best um, texts you'll get on that uh, on that question there. Dan, if you're going give to it, give it to the kids up there that need the help, then there's got awesome. 400 million, million reasons to give that. And I, I'd say that too, you know, like Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, they would have some type of, uh, charity that they support 100%. You see with that with uh, LeBron James, don't you? Bill went and built a, mm. a university, basically, um, for underprivileged kids. So, you know, if you had that much money, mate, you would be giving quite a bit of it back. Yeah, yeah, especially if you've got that altruistic gene, as a few of them do, for sure. Uh, you asked about Patrick Mahomes. Don't worry about him, um, Kimpy. He signed a 10-year deal worth $450 million US um, a while back. <laughs> so... He's got you know, plenty. His annual average salary is six million behind. Jalen Hurts will take home a call fifty-one mil. Uh, and we've got uh, Andre. Is it? I would build my own golf golf course in celebration of my best eighteen holes in world golf. <laughs> See, that's that's more my type of bloke. And what is that? What is that? <laughs> what does that golf course look like? Is it? Uh, you know, is it Augusta? Is it Paraparaumu? <laughs> yeah, I'd be going more. Um, Paraparam, as uh, you know, a few of the few of the locals say down here, Parapara Umu, beautiful links. I hate trees, Gimpy. Yeah. Um, not not generally, <laughs> just when I play golf. End up in them all the time. That's exactly yeah. right. I'm not aiming for them, but me ball lo- loves the trees. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want a bar of that. Uh, so keep your uh, responses coming through on double eight double three on the temp- uh, on our can't wait question on the day on our temper bed post text machine double eight double three after seven we're going to talk some football with Harry uh, Simeo to talk of the EPL he's got a real great handle on uh, Arsenal uh, one of the foremost uh, you know reporters out of the UK on them we'll uh, discuss uh, plenty of football after seven o'clock Grant Elliott to talk about this uh, T20 series he's in Pakistan he'll hopefully join us before eight o'clock as well and we're going to catch up with Carmo to talk not only some rugby and, and one of his particular loves of course uh, the Chiefs but also uh, his work with the I Am Hope crew which is uh, just doing amazing work can't wait to catch up with him but right now bang on uh, 6.30 it is time for the very latest news with the Aroha 4 Kubota together we are shaping and building New Zealand Thank you, Aroha. It is, what, 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Keep your responses coming through to the can't wait question of the day on our Temper Bedpost text machine. If you get $255 million US million, what are you doing with it? Well, Dale, you'll love this, Kempe. Dale would buy the Warriors and build them a waterfront stadium. I, I, I actually do love that because that was what I was going to tell you 
if I was to win that money, I would buy an NRL franchise license, hundred percent. Oh, would you? Yes, I would. I would because I know what they're worth, and I've been uh, been through the books and and seen exactly what you pay for them. And uh, if you're getting that much money, it's just a tipple in the ocean. So, I'd love to have an NRL license. It'd be great fun. Um, and a waterfront stadium. I actually don't think uh, that's too far away, Dan. I think we'll see one in our time down here in Auckland. I hope so. I really do hope so. I, I really do. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, long as I'm not paying for it in Wellington, mate. <laughs> but you probably will be. <laughs> yeah. You pay for everything else for us up did here. We, did you guys pay for our one? No, that's right. We took care of that ourselves. Um, anyway, I'll leave that for another day, my friend. Uh, t- maybe tomorrow we can talk about where's Kempi NRL franchise playing and what's their name and you know what colours they're wearing. Oh, there's plenty uh, of Keep your thoughts happened. coming through on double eight double three. Here's Joe, though, with the latest needlines. Hello, Joe. Morning, Joe. Morning. Actually, by the way, I've changed my mind what I want to do with the money, but I'll say that later. Okay, time for the headlines. The Highlanders may be without both of their All Blacks halfbacks when they head over to Perth to face the Western Force. Aaron Smith will stay at home to mourn the death of his father. And understudy Falau Fakatava is ill and has not yet been cleared to travel. Silver Ferns coach Dame Noling Tulrua is calling on netball officials to get tougher on dangerous plays. Believing the sport is doing not doing enough to protect the players from potential brain injuries, she told News Hub that anything head high should be automatically penalised. And there is reportedly optimism surrounding the status of Milwaukee Bucks forwards Giannis Antetokounmpo for Game Two of their first uh, round series against the Miami Heat. Athletic report that there is a good chance he will make his return on Thursday after a nasty fall in Game One. Those are headlines. Thanks to trades. Thanks to Bunnings Power Pass, trades and builders power your business with trades. Bunnings Trade Power Pass. There you go. Sorry, I got distracted because I was thinking about <laughs> what I'm going to do with the money. Money. You're yes. thinking about money now. I was thinking about you money. Want money now. Now you I, want the money now. You want the money now, do you? I want the money. Yes. The money or the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> what do you say, Wanganui? <laughs> I, I want to support. Uh, I want to fund Francis Ford Coppola's next movie. That's what I want to do. What would it be called? Oh well, I don't. I'm, no, I would let him write the script. I would let him direct it, and I'd fund it. Yeah, you, so you're just giving him money. Yeah, for nothing. No, because because you, you know how Francis Ford Coppola is like infamous about funding his own movies. The guy who directed The Godfather. Yeah, but he's not getting yeah. the money before I don't na- name it and put the actors in there. No, no, I just want to see. I love films, and uh, I love are you him. Be acting in it? And and. Uh, uh, no, well, I, I probably have a part. Like if I'm funding it, like you do have the part. You got the money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like a hit, like a Hitchcock cameo. Yes, I would love that. No, I, like I would. Yeah. I, I'm a terrible actor. Like I've I've tried my hand at it and I just can't do it. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you tried it? He was a stand-up no, not com- really. Did you know Danny is a stand-up comedian too? True story. Is this a joke? No, it's not a joke, actually. This is, this is not the gag. This, no, is, this no, is not the no, gag. No, actually, this whole, yeah, this whole thing's been a gag. Working at a sports radio station has been a bit of a gag for me. Uh, but, no, I, I, no, I did, like, you know, plays and stuff. And then I went to stand-up comedy and I realised that wasn't for me either. And now I'm here. So it's been a real rock-bottom journey. Uh, but, no, I'm seriously so proud of you. I'm, that, that must be one of the toughest things in the world to do, to get up and try to be funny. Yeah, well, I don't have to try. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in every love day, it. mate. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Jokes by Joe. That's a new segment on the show. Mate, you're very welcome to come on the Saturday session and do Jokes by Joe every Saturday. Yeah, great. Can you like yeah, you... leave an hour open for me? <laughs> yeah. Now, He'll probably see, be hung over. He, he wants to give Frank Coppola everything. Now he's telling you what he wants. Like, his negotiations back the front.
<laughs> I love it. There's a big, there's a big check, Frank. Make me a movie. It will never get made. Will I? You just <laughs> there. You go. You've handed the money over again. You did. You said you didn't want the money. Congratulations. You've given the money away. Um, double eight, double three. We want to know what would you do if you got a life changing amount of money like Jalen Hurts, uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, has uh, done. Great work, Joe. Appreciate that. Up next, Kempi's ready to roll. He's ready to roll, aren't you, son? Hundred dollars. Get Hun- on the line. Get on it. It's time for the Kempi quiz. Take on the quiz master, and you could win not a fifty dollar TAB bonus spent, but a one hundred dollar. TAB bonus bet. Call now. 0800-150-811. You've been warned. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they can play it. Quizzy, they can play it. 0800-150-811. Now give us a call. Yeah, that's right. And don't forget today, if you're a new caller, you're listening out here, you want to get on that blower, dial in today at 0800 150 811 because it's $100 your TAB bonus bet today and we've got plenty of racing coming up at Matter Matter and uh, some big ones at Pukekoi this weekend as well that you can get into but uh, we're going to go to the, the line straight away, we've got Lammy and P Naughty Morena Lammy Oh, hey, <laughs> Let's I'm just waking up, brother. I'm just waking up. Sorry. Well, you don't forget, you've got Mr. McCarty there too, who can do the clues if they get too hard. All right, so okay. don't forget you've got some support. So yeah. let's get into it. American, okay. yeah, but Lammy's he's, we're gonna, he's gonna own this. We're he's gonna, gonna start this. with the one none of you can get could get yesterday, and uh, it was about oh. Rob McElhenney, um, Mc McElhenney. McElhenney, yep, sorry about that. Having a bit of Joe's issues this morning. And Ryan Reynolds owned the Small Roush Football <laughs> Club, Wrexham FC. What popular American sitcom did uh, McElhenney star in? Well, to be honest, I wouldn't have a clue, brother, but can you give me a clue anyway, Mr. McCarty? What? Danny DeVito's in it. Danny DeVito's in it. Oh, really? That's oh, a good show, Shady oh. McDennis. Um, always, always, always. Unlucky, Lammy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll go to Jaden Hamilton. Chop that lamb. Hey, Jade, how you going? Hey, boy. Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, good. Hey, American actors Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds own the small Welsh football club called Wrexham. What popular American sitcom did Rob McElhenney star in? Always Danny DeVito. Oh, Cheese steaks. Jeez. No. Gee, it's okay. sunny here in Wellington. Okay, so, so now you've got always I'm sunny I'm in a windowless building. Right. I'm in a windowless building, by the way, but it's very <laughs> We're sunny We're not going to get past the Wellington. first question again. We're going to go to Tim <laughs> in Christchurch. Hey, Tim, how you going? It's a good show, okay, though. Check it out. Yeah, I, I was sitting on the line yesterday and uh, nearly got through, but it's always sunny in Philadelphia. There you go. Yes. There we go. And it's a you, you Tanasa, right too, Tim. Here we go. Um, Rico Aini and Samasoni Tokuiho are the only All Blacks so far to renew their contracts in 2027 um, Rugby World Cup. Where is the World Cup being held? France. Ooh. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, unlucky, yes, unlucky you didn't to listen, me. did you just? <laughs> We're going to Mark in Tauranga. Good morning to Mark. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not uh, too bad. Is it Australia? Bang, bang. Don't get Yes, I saw your text, mate. You have to get a golf cart if I'm coming, all right? That's the only requisite. Um, which team currently sits at number one on the ANZ Premiership ladder? That's Nepal. No idea. No idea. We will go with the one from Auckland, uh, which I don't know the name of. Uh, can you have a look at that, Mr. McCurdy? Wow, you're in the right Stars? part of the country. Oh, Harry Potter ish, aren't they? Yes, you have to move on, boys. I can't do it. <laughs> Unlucky, Mark. Go to Troy in mm. Whanganui. Which team mm. currently sits at number one? Oh, yeah. I'm good. Which one? Is, who sits at number one in the ANZ Premiership? I'm getting to see, but I'll go for the Mystics. Bang. Nice. Name at least three of the six teams that have been relegated from the Premier League. Oh, sorry. Never have been relegated from the Premier League. Never from the Premier League. I'll go. How, I'll how give many you a hint. Only three of them. Three. Three, three, of, three the of the six. Okay. I'll give you a hint. Uh, three are in London. Okay. So that'll be Arsenal. Spurs. Yep. yep. And. Ooh. Golden Sir. Bang. Bang. Well done. Manchester United and Liverpool. And the last. They're going down this year. I hope not. Hello, Everton fans. I hope not. Hope you're doing all right. That'll be so true. doing all right. I'm go- Here we I go. can't wait to see Gard Elliott's team get relegated. Oh that would just make me so happy. Cut it out. Here we go, Troy. <laughs> this for 100 bucks for bonus bet. Uh, Joe Joyce has had a shock loss to Chinese Zili Zhang for the heavyweight WBO interim boxing title. What year did Joe Joyce receive a silver medal at the Olympics? Uh, twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> did you actually? Did you actually know that? Like, how did how did you get that so I, quick? I, I, was, I was actually lucky over the week. I didn't watch the fight or stream it, but I saw the story that he got beaten, and the story I read rolled over that he was. A 2016 silver medalist. So, but a luck, lucky uh, weekend uh, uh, scrolling there. Yeah, lucky weekend That's right, scrolling. Right. In fairness, in fairness, he only probably needed to know the last two Olympics. It's not as if he would have won it in Tokyo. No. In the 60s. Well, true, true. <laughs> no, mate, but you picked yourself up a $100 bonus bet, mate. Have you got any idea what you're throwing that into, Troy? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, the right. The, the races are just starting to t- tamper off, so I think I'll be looking at a sports bet somewhere. Might, maybe, uh, I saw that points margin of the Warriors, 12 and a half points they're giving them, which I think is pretty generous. So that, that might get a look at. Well, I have good feelings for you, Troy. This is going to turn into 255 million US dollars, um, I, I sense, uh, as you get on a great roll. Uh, our can't wait question of the day. If, if someone gave you 255 million bucks, what are you doing, mate? What's the first thing you're buying? It'll be, uh, it's either got to be, a mansion will be on there, and then uh, you'd be getting into the cars and and all of that sort of jazz. So you you have to be a high roller if you're you're that cashed up. Good on you, Troy. Thank you for being honest. None of this nonsense that you would give it away, like Joe (laughs) tried to tell us earlier today. He would give it away. Jokes by Joe. (laughs) Jokes by Joe, indeed. Hey, well done, Troy. Congratulations. Thanks, guys.
Bang, there you Our go. Our pleasure. Uh, tomorrow we'll play it again. Back to 50 bucks, I assume. That's right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, did I do better with the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The you basically gave him that one when you, bas- you know, right at the beginning. Well, you threw an always sunny and I chucked in cheesesteaks. Like, if anyone's listening to this show, we're always talking about cheesesteaks, aren't we? You know, if you didn't get it, mate. Must, oh, I've never had a cheesesteak. It it's on my bucket list. They look incredible, don't they? I'm salivating at the thought. Um, let's not talk about food. I think we need to get to a break, don't we, Kempe? It's 10 away from 7 o'clock. Yep, we're five minutes away from seven o'clock, and you can call us on the Kennards High phone line 0800 150 811 just to give us a, ch- a chat and let us know what that can't wait question of the day is. I think Dan McCarty's thrown out a beauty there. What would you spend $455 million on? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, the hardest question ever to answer. Um, but it's time now for our Love Racing update. Find a thoroughbred race day at events loveracing.nz and talking about events next week sees Love Racing launch their Love's Jump season with the first jumps race day being held in South Taranaki Nga Te Ruanui country Hawera um, and I love the jumps races too because uh, I remember Tawhiti Road taking Tawhiti Road to Melbourne for race one back in the days when they used to jump there have a jumps race at Melbourne Cup Day in, for the first race of the day and uh, it's a good day that uh, the Melbourne Cup, but when you take a jumps racer there and you, you're there with Alan Sherrick, it's even better. But talking about the, the bright lights and uh, what it's like to own a jumps racer, have a listen to this. Mr. Coffee with Corak Rambler poised in third, the big dog. Gaia de Manil is staying on the grey towards the inside, the last, and Corak Rambler soars into the lead in the national. Mr. Coffee in second place, the big dog, Gaia de Manil. Behind these wild march, born by the sea, last year's winner, Noble Yates Vanillier. One of the biggest iconic races in the UK, and a young bloke by the name of Con- uh, Cameron Sword purchased Conic Rambler for only three and a half thousand pa- pounds. Dan, he he bought what? that along with seven of his mates and went on and won over six hundred thousand pounds, picking up a hundred grand for that small purchase. He put away thirty pound a week to train it, and went out there and. Uh, Dreams do come true for people that own horses, won the Grand National of all races. So well done to uh, Cameron Sword and his horse, Connick Rambler. I've got a dumb question, mate, because, you know, we all know horse racing is not my thing. And, you know, uh, you, you're the expert amongst us. So was that three and a half thousand quid for the uh, per person or per person. seven? Per person. Okay. So seven seven people, they invested three and a half uh, thousand pounds each. This kid's still at school, thought he'd just purchase that um, <laughs> that one share, and he, and he put away £30 a week to train it, and of course the trainer and the jockey have won the Grand National before, went out, had one of the best trainers, one of the best jockeys, and uh, won the most iconic race in England. Like, those stories are just unheard of, so well well done finding that one Neeps. Also, just to touch on this weekend uh, we see Pukakui host the Easter Handicap, of course the Championship Stakes and the Champagne Stakes Day and we've got racing coming up at Matamata and Otaki over the week, which we'll look for a couple of uh, oh, a couple of hopefully winners uh, I know Kenny will be listening, might, might have to throw the Oracle hat back on Kenny and find you a couple of winners over the mm-hmm. next couple of days, so um, 
Keep an eye out for the tips. We'll uh, dig deep into the book tomorrow, and me and Dan will try and flip one out to you. You will keep it well. Don't listen to a word <laughs> I say on, on this They're the round. best, you know, best tips, Dan. I, I, they the best yeah, tips when I, you don't I, know. I can admit my failings. I can admit my <laughs> shortcomings. No doubt about that. I think we're about to head off to news at the top of the hour. I can uh, tell you New Zealand well and truly on top in the T20. Pakistan now 62 for 5 in the 12th wow. over, chasing 164. Uh, plenty to come. We'll talk some uh, English football after the news. Four minutes after 7 o'clock, New Zealand in the box seat in game number three of the T20 series in Pakistan, defending 163 for five New Zealand after batting first uh, all over Pakistan. 65 for the loss of six. Yes, another one. Uh, Isodi gets uh, in on the wicket-taking action. Uh, All the bowlers have done a very good job. Uh, LBW, most recent uh, player, 65 for the loss of six into the 13th over just uh, 99 runs of 48 balls. Need a Tony Kemp-like performance. Come back from there, I, I, I would have thought. Herc- I would have Herculean. thought. Herculean. Herculean, indeed. Hey, Kimby, you're a big fan of snooker? Does I go uh, off on one of my tangents? Well, I, I, I used to love watching uh, the old boy Higgins and yeah. all of those players back in the day. Um, when I was up in the UK playing up there, everyone who lives up there and plays footy up there um, ends up on a snooker table at some stage and knows all of those boys. So um, Hendry, you know, that was sort of my era. So I don't mind it understand it what do you ask well the world snooker championships are rolling on at the moment although play has been suspended today Kempe, because a protester interrupted a match and threw an orange substance on the table what? orange on green that's a bad combination you don't want to wear <laughs> orange and green together that does not go well what was it so, what was yeah. that drink called up there it was an orange <laughs> drink that uh, energy drink you always used to drink they call it Iron Brew in New Zealand, but it had another name up there. I think it started with L. It'll come back to me. It's the only someone will text us on. Someone will text us on double eight double three. What is the orange? That's substance? not how you treat the crucible. Come on, <laughs> that's not how you do it. Well, you can't. You can't do a streak, can you? It's all over in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. Though that guy chasing him with the gloves would be a bit creepy too, wouldn't if it? You couldn't ca- Get off my table. If you were the umpire and you Get- couldn't catch someone in a snooker hall doing a street, you're in trouble. <laughs> Indeed, we've got uh, lots to get to. All going well. This uh, the, the T20 cricket looks like it's running over time to me. Hopefully we can get to Grand Alley before 8 o'clock. He's in Pakistan calling it the former Black Cap and, of course, uh, co-host of the mighty Saturday session here on SENZ. Uh, we'll try and link up with him after this game wraps up. Right now, we are going to head, not to the Crucible, but we're going to head to that part of the world. We are delighted to welcome into the program... A uh, man from the behemoth that is uh, talk sport. He's got his fingers all over the Arsenal world. Uh, Ari Simeo is uh, kind enough to, to join us because hey, we had a little bit of fun at the expense of Arsenal yesterday as they coughed up a two-goal lead against West Ham and may have just, what, coughed up ascendancy back to Man City in the EPL chase. Well, let's uh, find an educated view on this. Harry, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, guys. It sounds like it's a good job I missed out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it a choking-type performance? Um, I, I think it was, yeah. I think um, it was a, a really disappointing outcome in a game that Arsenal were cruising in up until around about the sort of half-an-hour mark. They looked so in control. They were playing some of the best football they've probably played this season. They scored two magnificent goals. And at that point, against the West Ham side that are really low on confidence, that are down at the bottom of the table, you thought that that was three points in the bag. But 
just a couple of individual errors, I would say, allowed West Ham back into the game. And I think perhaps the most worrying thing about Arsenal's performance yesterday was not that they conceded a couple of goals. I think with without a couple of key defenders, we've seen that um, happen quite frequently of late. But it was that at 2-2, there was still a fair chunk of the game remaining. And it never felt like Arsenal had enough in the tank to go on and find that winner. I mean, they didn't even come close uh, to finding the winner. And that was the big disappointment for me. The problem is, in a title race like this, when you're being chased by a side like Manchester City, who are pretty much flawless in terms of their recent form and have been so close to perfection um, over the last few years, you feel like there's very little margin for error. And that means that every game has a huge amount riding on it. And this is a young Arsenal team with a young manager. And perhaps we're just starting to see signs of the inexperience that they have. Starting to feel, starting to feel the pressure, the heat, heat under their feet as they get closer to that title and Man City are breathing down their necks. Mate, what about Sucker missing that penalty? Is he copping plenty of criticism over there? Yeah, you tend to get that sort of, you know, that crowd of, of sort of people that hide behind uh, social media accounts, the keyboard warriors, we call them here uh, in the UK. And uh, obviously they were out in full force after Bukayo Saka missed that penalty. But he's been... He's been flawless from the spot um, since uh, missing that key penalty for England back in the Euros a couple of years ago. He bounced back really strongly for that. And there was no reason to doubt him uh, sort of in stepping up to take the penalty. I mean, we saw somebody as experienced as Mohamed Salah of Liverpool uh, sort of do exactly the same thing last week in terms of just getting his angles wrong and sending it wide of the um, of the left-hand post. It happens. Um, I think Saka's had a magnificent season. You don't want to sort of kick him while he's down. I'm sure he'll bounce back. He's proven before that he can come back from difficult moments. And so that's just one of those unfortunate things on the day that Arsenal uh, just need to put behind them and Saka needs to put it behind him. He's a sensational player, no doubt about that. He's going to be uh, you know, a huge part of this football club for a decade, if not longer. As far as Arsenal's concerned, it seems to me over a number of years, this club's, um, it gets talked about in terms of leadership more than than most about leaders on the field, whether it's, you know, the captain, you know, pulling birds as he's getting substituted, X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, the demeanour of the manager, Arteta, is he too much of a hothead? Uh, the leadership question, are they missing leaders on the pitch, Calm, capable of calming the nerves for, for some of these younger players? I think one of the big leaders that's emerged this season has, has been Alexander Zinchenko. He's been there, done it with Manchester City in the past. He joined Arsenal this summer. And he's been a real calming influence for the Gunners. He's been, um, he's not always been perfect in terms of his performances, but in terms of the leadership, he brings a lot to the table. He wasn't there yesterday, and I think that that was felt. Um, I, I think the leadership thing is one of those narratives that has been yeah. sort of attached to Arsenal, and, and whatever happens, it's, it's going to be really difficult for them to shake that off. But this season, I don't think that's been a problem. I think what you've got now is you've got a more... I want to say modern style of leadership within that team. So players that lead by example rather than players that sort of go around, shout at people, beat their chest in the way that uh, used to happen um, sort of years ago. So I think it's a change in leadership style. And I think you get a lot of traditionalists who look at that and go, well, there's no leadership. But actually it is there. Mikel Arteta brings it as well. Um, he is very animated on the touchline. But there's been times this season where his sort of energy is translated onto the pitch and, and that's helped Arsenal in terms of firing up the crowd and, and creating an atmosphere that's allowed them to go on and win games. So I think overall the approach has worked this season. I think it's easy to kind of say that now 
that they've dropped a couple of points and, and, and you know, things are, are looking as though they're going to be quite tight between now and the end of the season. But I think that's one of those things. It's a stigma attached to Arsenal that isn't going to go away really until they start winning trophies again. Mate, all this all this conversation about Arsenal um, choking and Man City coming along and taking the title off them, is, doesn't it really just come down to that one game, Harry, where, between Arsenal and Manchester? And, and like Gary Neville said, you know, like if you if you if your coach come to you and said, you know, if you could decide the championship on one game and this is it, don't Arsenal just go out and win this game against Manchester and take the title? Well, the interesting thing is that Arsenal don't even have to win that game. Uh, they just have to not lose it because they're the ones with the point advantage at the moment. And I know that people keep saying, you know, Manchester City are going to come and Manchester City have got games in hand. If Manchester City win their game in hand, they have one at the moment over Arsenal, they'll still be a point behind the Gunners. So what Arsenal need to do when they go to Manchester City next Wednesday, in my opinion, is simply avoid defeat. And then you just have to match Manchester City's results in terms of how many points you get on the board uh, between then and the end of the season. So, it is advantage Arsenal in that sense. The problem is, is that the game is at the home of Manchester City, which makes it very difficult. And again, I think people are looking at and being caught up on the fact that Arsenal in recent years haven't been able to compete with City. This is a really different Arsenal team. And, and one thing I hope doesn't happen is I hope they don't buckle in terms of sort of going into that game being fearful because Arsenal need to go there and take the game to Manchester City. They're not a side that is set up to go away from home defend deep and, and absorb pressure. They're a team that needs to play on the front foot. And often teams don't take the game to Manchester City because they're fearful of what they'll do to them on the counter-attack. So I think, in a weird way, City's aura makes teams sit off them and, and makes teams approach games with, with caution. But when you do go at them, they're vulnerable defensively as well. They're brilliant going forward. But defensively, there are questions about Manchester City as well. So I'd like to see Arsenal be brave, go and do that. But then after that, the Gunners have a couple of difficult games. Newcastle away is still a very, very tough fixture. And even Chelsea at the Emirates Stadium. I know, you know Chelsea have had a dreadful season, but against Arsenal, they'd love to stop Arsenal winning the title, given that London oh, rivalry. And, and I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if you know they, they'd get themselves right up for that one. So still plenty of football to be played, but that game at Manchester City on Wednesday will certainly have a, a big say in how, uh, or in where, I should say, the trophy ends up. Is there a fear, though, if City play at 100%, there's not much Arsenal can do? Uh, you know, I, and tell me if I'm wrong here, the first time they met this season, I thought, you know, Arsenal had good periods, but City looked at, at times a class above. Is that what you fear, that, or Arsenal fans fear, rather that if City get up to 100%, no one really can stop them? Yeah, I think Manchester City are such a good side with so many talented players that I think on their day they could beat anybody in world football um, but there's so many factors that can sort of determine the outcome of a game uh, nowadays you know we, we're constantly talking about how bad the officials are how bad the refereeing standard is and that can impact games as well so maybe you need a bit of luck there um, maybe you do need City to have a slightly off day but equally Arsenal on their day this season have been fantastic as well um, you know the reason that they are top of the league is because over the course of the 31 or so games so far, they've been better than Manchester City. So I think they, they should have reason to believe that they can go there and compete. I think that they can't afford to go there and, and just look at City and say, well, you know, if they have a great day, then there's, there's nothing we can do about it. Arsenal are in the position they're in on merit and, and they deserve to be above Manchester City based on the games played so far. So they've got to take that belief 
into the game. Hey Harry, just a just tack left here. The the evidence story, which looks like it's it's going to happen, they're going to go down. And of course, the one with Chelsea Ooh. too, allowing the owner to come in and, and have a chat to the players, which I think is a pretty average thing to do because you know the players they they're struggling. They don't need to be pressured by um, the new owners. Where, where do you think uh, Chelsea's not going to play European football next year? Do you think that's that's right? And and is this Everton's um, swan song in the Premiership? Well, Everton have been ever-present in the Premiership ever since its inception. So if they go down, that will be quite the story. Uh, They sort of panicked uh, and removed Frank Lampard. To be honest, I don't think Frank Lampard was ever good enough for that job in the first place. But they hoped that making a change and bringing Sean Dyche in as coach was going to give them a real uplift. And it hasn't, to be honest. We we call it the new manager bounce where the manager comes in and sort of really galvanises the team. But they haven't been able to do that with Sean Dyche. So it does look as though they're headed for the drop. And when it comes to Chelsea, I mean, I know you guys say that, you know, the owner coming into the room is is sort of not a big thing. But in English football culture, that's something that you don't hear every day. And um, and it's it's made waves that story today because there's so much talk around Todd Bowley's ownership and, and people saying that, you know, maybe he's having too much of a say when he'd be better off appointing people that understand this particular sport better than he does and and people that have those expertise. He clearly doesn't have them. He's made some shocking decisions since taking charge of the club. They've spent £600 million since he's come in and they're in the bottom half of the table. So nobody trusts him at the moment. And to have him in the dressing room as well, I think kind of undermines Frank Lampard a little bit and just adds to the, the narrative that is going around at the moment, which is, this guy has purchased Chelsea Football Club as a bit of a play toy, doesn't know what he's doing and, and has way too much involvement. Roman Abramovich was the complete opposite. He had very little involvement on a sort of uh, base level and, and that seemed to work for Chelsea. He appointed top managers and trusted them with the reins of the club. Todd Bowley, though, he just seems too hands-on and I think this story about him being in the changing room only adds to that feeling here in the UK. He reminds me of a 13-year-old playing football manager who took the sugar daddy option and still mucking it up. (laughs) It's it's amazing, isn't it? Exactly. And what I found really, really strange as well is sort of covering the Premier League as I do and, and working on sort of various platforms. You wouldn't believe the grief I've had from Chelsea fans for, for suggesting that Todd Bowley maybe doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, they seem to be so <laughs> defensive of him, which is, is crazy to me because he's driven the club into the ground. He's purchased players for £100 million on individual players, players that have been signed up to eight-year contracts that have had zero impact. So I don't understand where all the defence comes from. I know there's a tribal thing and you, you want to look after your club and you want to back your club. But for me, that just the, the blind support for Todd Bowley, who's done a horrible job as far as I'm concerned, is really, really confusing. Harry, thanks so much, mate. Really do appreciate your time. Enjoy the next week. It's a hugely exciting one ahead in the EPL. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Uh, that game is uh, April 26th, so that will be the morning of April 27th. Uh, Manchester City against uh, Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal play Southampton in a couple of days, don't they? Um, of course, Bayern Munich is the next game for Man City in the Champions League. Uh, Arsenal have, as Harry implied, to, um, do have a string of tough games. They've got Chelsea after Man City and then Newcastle, which is not going to be easy as well. Hey, Kempi, a few texts arrived in. Um, yeah. 
It is Iron Brew in Scotland, Kempe, but are you thinking of LucasAid? Yeah, 100%. It was LucasAid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a young fella running around up there, my first stint up there in England, I used to think it was the bee's knees. You know, the, the drink you had before going out to play, it gave you gave you wings. That's the, that is the original Red Bull. Ah, <laughs> uh, LucasAid. That brings back memories of, you know, being dusty on a Sunday morning 100%. as a student. <laughs> going to get a Lucas eh? And Kempe, if your owner walked into your changing room during your playing day, what would your reaction be? Would got... it be something like this? <laughs> no, not quite as physical as that, Dad. But I got to tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. If we've got two seconds, the owner did walk into our changing room. All right, and we're playing. Uh, Which club? Who's, who's I was at Castleford, and we're playing. We're, All right, we're playing Workington, and if you know Workington, yeah. Workington's like going in Greymouth in the middle of winter, and it's snowing. All right, so yeah. and we're Castleford, <laughs> and we're sitting second on the table in the Premiership, and of course Workington is sitting second last in the second division, and we're playing a Challenge Cup game, and none of the boys wanted to play because it was too cold. He comes at halftime, we're losing. And he comes up and he goes, right. Half time. Yeah, we're losing, mate. Because no one was, it was too cold and wet there. No one wanted to play. It was a Wednesday night in Workington. You know, he goes, right, boys. Tell you now, lads. I'll give you 25 pounds each if you go out there and win this game. <laughs> and I started to laugh. I was thinking, mate, 25 pounds ain't going to get us fish and chips in Workington. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Twi- he thought 25 quid would 25 pounds Get out there and 25 pounds I'll give you each 25 pounds And I just started I started laughing I looked around It actually broke the ice mate We went out, went out and put 50 on him in the second half But it doesn't go For me Owners walking into changing rooms Doesn't go down too well It, it um, You know If the coach can't get you up Then you've, And you need the owners to come in then you've got the wrong coach. That simple. Yeah. Well, I think they're on their fourth coach this year, this season. They really don't know what they're doing. Uh, yeah. So I'm guessing that owner only had about 400 quid in his, in his skyrocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, mm. yeah. He's like 400 divided by three. About 12. We'll give him about 25 quid, lads. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's a good fun. You're a funny man, old Ed. Um, but, oh, brilliant yeah, stuff. Now, one of those stories that, that uh, the owners come in. I've had a few of them come in, but um, yeah, that one sticks to my mind. That one sticks in my mind. You are listening to Daniel and Kimby for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. When you're watching the footy, what is the one rule that has been altered or changed and that has you pulling your hair out during a game? I've noticed athletes are becoming bigger, faster, and to be honest, more game smart. So making even slight tweaks to a rule has an instant impact on the results one way or another. Let's look at our players now mercilessly milk penalties. The introduction of a third eye in the bunker now means that any contact, and I mean any contact with the head, will see a player fake injury and stay on the ground. It's looking like soccer. They usually stay on the ground until a call is made on the replay and from the bunker. It's a blight on the game, and in my opinion, it is turning into a fast. And what about this one? I grew up with long hair, if you knew me as a kid. I mean long, Dan, down to my bottom. Yeah, long. It was long. But I would never wear it out when I was playing because inevitably it would get pulled. 
Today we see players running with free-flowing locks, but in the Penrith-Newcastle game on the weekend, Tyson Frizzell, in the act of making a desperate tackle on Jerome Luai, dragged him down by the hair. And this tackle was adjudged to be a penalty for hair pulling. Come on, people. This is now becoming an absolute joke. I think that in either instance, if a player goes down appearing to fake injury, then get him off and give him 15 minutes stand down to assess the injury, much like the new frequently used HIA. And if you have long hair, tie it up. Above your jersey, otherwise suffer the consequences. Can you imagine a grand final being determined by a penalty given for hair pulling? Go figure. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Go figure indeed. I take your point on the, the hair. Uh, absolutely, completely agree with you. Um, I like your idea about the feigning injury. How do you judge it though? Well, that, you don't judge. You don't judge it at all. That's my. That's well, my so, point. So you're saying you're faking. No matter what, if you want to stay there, see what you got to do. If you know that players are going to get have to be replaced for 15 minutes and possibly use up a sub, coaches are going to tell you to get off the ground. Now, there's been numerous instances, Dan, in rugby league this okay. year where players have milked penalties, and it is now becoming an absolute farce. Players are just lying on the ground. There's no no way in the world, but because of the third eye and the and the length of players staying there because they have to stop the game, they just never really give away penalties. I reckon you just get them off. Yeah. I, I, I completely understand why this doesn't land well with you, Kempe. This is a sport that tells the world that's the toughest sport in the world, right? Yeah. And it's the, the toughest sport in the world, and, and, and people are you know playing games. Gamesmanship is... Um, yeah, quite prevalent. Hey, nervous times for New Zealand. Pakistan are coming back in a hurry. 134 for 7. 17 and a half overs. They only need 30 or 15. They are flying. We'll have more details uh, shortly. You, though, um, need to pay attention now because here's uh, Aroha with the news. But please please react to Kempe's um, thoughts on double eight double three or pick up the uh, the phone line and give us a call on 811 if you want. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-eight minutes away from eight o'clock. Our number is zero eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a call anytime on the Kennard Tire phone line. You can also text us on double eight double three. Got a couple of those to get to in just a moment, but uh, probably need to inform you what's going on in this uh, T Twenty International, for which New Zealand looked like they were going to absolutely rollick home, MP. They were. And they had Park. 88 for 7 when Shut Up Khan went with the first ball of the 15th over. New Zealand looking to defend 164, of course. Well, what we have seen is just a a scoring binge between uh, Ahmed and Faham Ashraf. Um, Ahmed is 49 of 19 balls. 49 of 9. He's hit five sixes. He's had his Lucas A today, isn't he? <laughs> Look, I'm just, I'm just watching one he's go. Had... Mate, he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's crushed one through the cover. So uh, with that last ball that we've just seen, that means with uh, that's his half century. Brilliant knock off just 19 balls. 22 off 11. <laughs> Someone's, it's the week of choking. He's only choking this one away at the moment. 142 for the loss of seven. Uh, they were excellent up until this partnership, which is now... Tw- with 55 of 25 between, um, you know, players 8 and 9. 
that, that, that never feels uh, one with a lot of confidence. This game should have been over, Kempi, 20 minutes ago, literally. Um, that, that's when it, it was scheduled to finish. But somehow, some way, this game is still going. They've gone miles over the allotted time. Um, we were supposed to be speaking to Grant Elliott. He's on, he's on mic right now, so hopefully we can sneak him in before 8 o'clock. Um, jokes with Joe, though, right now. Come call it. <laughs> Sporting headlines. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, time for Kenna Tire. Uh, sports headlines, too easy weekend. A bit of live sport also going on uh, over in England. Liverpool is playing Leeds in the EPL. It's nil all after 34 minutes there. The NHL playoffs start today with the Boston Bruins set to face the Panthers in game one of the opening round at 11.30. The Bruins are the favourites to go all the way and win the Stanley Cup after breaking the long-standing NHL record for wins and points during a stunning regular season campaign. Oh, Macaulay Sabby. Devin Conway played a match-winning knock for Chennai Super Kings in a match that broke Indian Premier League records for six, for six hitting. Conway smashed, smashed 83 of 45 balls as his team pipped challenges Bangalore by eight runs and a run fest that featured 33 sixes. There you go, boys. Those are your headlines. Thanks to Ken. high. Two easy weekend. Two days high for the price of one. Visit a branch today. T's and C's apply. Has something happened in the cricket? Oh, no. I, I'm not happy. I was just laughing because I'm that type of guy. Um, oh, I love another it. six. It's now 15 of 10, although I think New Zealand's got a breakthrough. Yeah, indeed they have. Good catch, Daryl Mitchell. Jeez, an angry man, and I say that with um, you know the highest respect. That's a compliment. He, he plays like he's a front rower in the NRL, doesn't he? He's an abrasive type. He comes and takes a catch. So Pakistan, 15 off nine. An extraordinary partnership for the eighth wicket comes to uh, an end. Uh, but still, hope for sure. Uh, 61 off just 26 balls. Um, and Fahim Ashraf, if you'd never heard of him before, you're not alone, 27 off 14, uh, a thumping knock. Um, Fikita Ahmed is still there, though, uh, which is a bit of a concern, as New Zealand have uh, made this one tight, uh, 15 uh, off 9 uh, balls remaining, Kempi. Hey, we, our can't-wait question of the day, earlier today, uh, Jalen Hurts is getting a whole tonne of money, highest uh, player in the NFL now, on a per-season basis. He's due to uh, collect 255 million US over five years. That's about 413 million. We had a bit of fun. We asked you earlier today, you know, what would you do with that money? We've had a variety of answers, haven't we? From the altruistic types who want to give it to Starship, Joe, who just didn't want the money at all. Uh, someone being honest, who's going to build himself a private golf course. I like the sound of that. How's <laughs> this one uh, from Ed? It's 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 quite long. Bear with me here, Kempe. Morena Kempi and Daniel, I would build, I would rebuild State Highway 35 with two lane bridges all the way up the coast. Probably part of native hemp 98 octane stuff for medicinal purposes. <laughs> Let Cuzzy put a power shop, pie shop somewhere along the line too. Oh, and an ice cream factory by, uh, by the blueberries in Tolaga Bay, writes Ed. <laughs> and by new pair of dance shoes after two, after last Friday night, the race by grins, that's Ed there. Yeah. Fantastic. Power pie shop, 100%. You should you should you should build a franchise of the med with that much money, and yeah, a couple of couple of um, double lane bridges to get back in to the east coast to be nice too. The the medicine sounds interesting. Your your your, your medicine paddocks. Um, I think well, that's how he's obviously going to pay for the high, highway, isn't it? Because <laughs> I don't I don't think four hundred million is going to get you that, is it? So, so you you start building it in, and then you won't finish it, will you? Because you'll run out of you know New Zealand dollar bucks. And energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We need a whole heap of uh, a whole heap of uh, power, uh, Lucas aid. And uh, Kez writes to you. It is football after all, Ken PA, cousins of soccer. Yeah, that's yeah. And Kez actually, he wouldn't know because I think he's played hockey all his life. Is he? Oh, netball. Sorry. Oh, that's right. Yes, netball. Yep. Um, we'll take that one, Kez. Uh, no, it's not soccer. It's rugby league. And uh, I'm trying to fix it up and say, tie your hair up and stop lying down on the ground when you get hit. It does hurt. Just get up off the ground. I've got to ask, are you an NHL fan? That's a pretty tough sport. The playoffs do start today. Uh, yes, I... Look, I could see you as quite a power, you know, a forward-checking power forward. You'd be, you'd be quite good. I don't, I don't, Penalty killer. I don't know if you know a doctor by the name of Chris Hanna. He's a, he's a sport doctor up here in Auckland, and he actually plays it up here in the Auckland comp with all his pads on and, and stuff like that. But look, the thing I like about that sport is that when you wanted to sort something out, the umpire stood there and reffed it and said, enough's enough when enough is enough, you know what I mean? And those players can come against each other and go, well, let's just sort this out. So uh, probably the only sport, I think, Dan, that it still allows that to happen. How's this from back in the day, Grumbyville? Uh, we were... We were only allowed studs, not we hoops in our ears at any point of the school day because they were an unintentional hazard. We wore hair up for sport because ponytails would get stood on. We were also taught physics because its life skills are important. <laughs> Do we not teach that now? Basic stuff, really. It's I can just visualise that person <laughs> sha shaking their arm at the clouds. <laughs> get off my lawn. Can we get this guy in the bunker? <laughs> there was sort of a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant stuff. Uh, keep your messages uh, coming in, especially if you've got an answer to our can't-wait question of the day. If you were uh, to earn that amount of coin, what would you do? What was the first thing you would buy? Kimby's buying himself a flash new tractor to replace his old one. Um, and also looking to buy an NRL team. Yeah, the best of both worlds, mate. Yeah. One for home. A trailer. One for, one for profession. A trailer to take them to the game. For the track, yeah, yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, Pakistan have six. just monster, just monster to six over uh, mid wicket, so it's nine off five balls, one hundred and fifty five for the loss of eight. Um, do you want to take a break? Grant Elliott's still on air. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll uh, we'll take a break because this game never ends. It's twenty five minutes past the scheduled finish time. We'll come back and this game might be wrapped up. It's all over. New Zealand have won, but only just. Kempe, 159 all out. Pakistan, they needed uh, five off the last ball. Uh, it was launched towards mid-wicket. It fell about 10, 15 metres shy. The catch was taken. New Zealand win by four runs. They'll be they'll begin an inquest now going, how do we uh, win by only four runs? Uh, why do you say this if you're late to the party? Uh, Pakistan was 73 for six after third at, at one stage. Sorry, after the 12th over was 65 for six. But then proceeded to score 8, 15, 4, 16, 9, 17 and 8. And had a great chance heading to this last over, needing 15. Even better, Kempe, when the first ball of the last over bowl by Jimmy Nation was sent into the stands. Second ball was a dot, third ball was a 4. So Pakistan at that stage needed three off, 5 off 3 balls. Pakistan were favourites. But Jimmy Nation has held his nerve, picking up a wicket, then a dot ball and another wicket. So New Zealand have snatched victory. <laughs> You'd have to From say the jaws of defeat at the end. I know. I don't know how that is possible. You'd have to say he's uh, he's a special to pick up too. I know that um, 
Mitchell um, also played well with a couple of catches there in that last over. I thought that was that a change up. He slowed that that uh, yeah. that third bowl down, and he went for the big six, and he got to it a little bit too early, and uh, pulled it a little bit short to Mitchell, who made that catch. But uh, yeah, I thought too. Pakistan with only five runs and three with three balls still remaining were specials there. But uh, the Black Caps, geez, I've left it late a number of times this year, Dan, haven't they? To get us home, yeah, they have. It's been exciting yeah, to watch. Have. And speaking of late, this game has gone 32 minutes over time. Uh, we were due to speak to Grant Elliott, who's live in Pakistan. He's in Pakistan commentating. Unfortunately, uh, he's still holding a mic calling the last uh, over. He's just been pigging us messages saying, sorry, fellas. Um, uh, it looks like uh, we're not going to get on at our scheduled time, which is a bit of a disappointment uh, for sure. Uh, I'll quickly give an anatomy of the game. New Zealand batting first made 163 for the loss of five. Latham made 64 of 49 at seven fours and two sixes. Mitchell made 33 of 26. Those two combined for the key partnership for New Zealand. Uh, at the halfway stage of New Zealand's innings, uh, again, it was a bit of a slowish start, 64 for the loss of two, but uh, started to get some real momentum, uh, especially through uh, overs, um, what, 11, 12 and 13, when they took about 48 runs. Uh, sorry, 38 runs off the Pakistan uh, attack. Over the last 10 overs, New Zealand added 99 runs overall uh, and getting through to a very competitive total, 163 for the loss of five. That's bang on um, the average score in Lahore the, um, uh, over the, the history of T20 International. So they knew they were in with a shout uh, because chasing at this uh, venue has been difficult over the years. Uh, only five totals were higher than that as far as successful run chases. 163 for the loss of five. Uh, had had them in the mix, uh, and they were in a dominant position because they bowled quite beautifully for the first 12 overs of this game. Uh, Rizwan and Bubba Azam, the key men at the top, gone for 6-1 and one respectively. All the New Zealand bowlers did a pretty good job. Uh, the only one who really didn't feature heavily, Ben Lister, who limped off after just two overs with a leg injury. I wasn't sure how he picked it up. But that's a real shame for the Auckland swing bowler. Uh, he missed his opportunity. Um, but then cruising New Zealand were until Ifkata Ahmed smashed 60 off 24 with six sixes and uh, three fours. Uh, that's some going. He was helped out by Fahim Ashraf with 27 off 14. He had a couple fours and two sixes as well. Pakistan 159. Uh, in the end, falling four runs short. Uh, Henry won for 27 off four. Milne two for 37 off four. Listed none for 11 off his two. Sodi one for 11 off three. He was very good. Uh, Nisham. Brave at the end, looked like he was going to go from, uh, you know, hero to zero, back to hero, uh, picking up three for 38 off four overs, and Ruchin Ravindra, uh, two for 28 off three. So plenty of drama, as Kempi has pointed out, from the New Zealand cricketers, and that continues. Uh, that's a wrap of what we have seen. I'm not sure if we'll try to get Grant on later in the show, or maybe tomorrow. It's on a free day tomorrow. Anyway, we'll figure that out. But uh, our apolog- Well, we shouldn't apologise. The match officials should. <laughs> 40, like, what will they get a wet bus ticket because you know overrates is you know something fans cry out about all the time but no cricket doesn't seem interested in fixing this and this is a t20 game how can you go that far over yeah seems quite bizarre to me Kempe. yeah well if it was a golf game you'd be an uproar if you're following following you're following on and uh you'd have them but well, you'd be hitting ball, golf balls straight down there wouldn't you at the 18th, well, Nation was pretty expensive there too. I think it was, it was yeah. his economy was 9.5 on it, so he needed those last two wickets to make it look half decent in the end. Um, but you're dead right with the Black Caps. Oh, look, they got home. That's the main thing, Dan, and we've been able to watch it all this morning uh, here at SENZ, the Pakistanis. And I, I, you know, I take your point. 
Pakistanis, they have their first team out there. The Kiwis don't. So that was a, you know, you put that into context, that was a great effort. Yeah, and remember, a full-strength Pakistan side bear to full-strength New Zealand side in the T20 World Cup semi-final. You know, Pakistan are an elite T20 side, so um, any win over there is an, an impressive one. Um, so well done to the Depleted Black Caps squad. Uh, we are eight and a half minutes away from eight o'clock. Uh, yeah, our apologies for not getting hold of Grant due to the delayed uh, finish of that game. You can call any time, though, on, Kenard, on the Kenard's High phone line on 0800 Keep your text messages rolling in, um, especially for our can't wait question of the day. If you were to be awarded um, a huge uh, contract like Jalen Hurts has, what is the first thing you would buy? Brendan, thanks for your message. Um, Kempi can read that one. Yeah, he said he's going to go out there um, and he loves his wife and he's going to buy her a couple of V8 um, big, what do they call those things, the, the Mercedes Benz trucks? Yes, that's it. A couple of yeah. those big big Benz okay. trucks. Big yeah, Benz that's trucks. Exact, <laughs> big Benz buys. That's exactly what he's going to buy. Thank you, Brendan. Appreciate that. Keep your messages rolling into the Temper Bedpost text machine on double eight double three back after this. Three minutes away from 8 o'clock, three minutes away before we head to Aroha for the latest in news. Keep your messages rolling into double eight, double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Here's a question for you, Kempe. Any chance Whiten is coming to the Warriors? We need a quality centre playmaker. And, he, and has he retired from rep footy due to the limitations of travel being based in New Zealand? <laughs> look, look, I think he's retired from... <laughs> I think he's retired from rep football because he's had the pressure put on him from Canberra. He's probably going to sign a big deal down there. I, I can't see him leaving that club, to be brutally honest. Um, and you know, the why would you retire though? Well, he'd, he'd get he'd get something equivalent on the free market, wouldn't he? You heard, you heard Mark Carroll, Spud Carroll talking about that, didn't you? To Sammy Hewitt yesterday when Sammy Hewitt yeah. said to Spud, you know, the New South Wales going to miss him. He just went no. <laughs> Like, no, not really. But my my question then to Spud Carroll is, why is he going to get over a million dollars on the free market in the NRL? Is he because he's quite good, right? It's talent. It's uh, there's a lack yeah. of talent, unfortunately, Dan, in the in the NRL at the moment, and uh, we're struggling to to hold, um, I guess, the talent pool at the top when we've got so many teams in the competition. It shows you that when we get some injuries. But uh, he's a, he's in the that position where he can play. The, the key positions in the spine, fullback, 5'8", and he, of course he can drop into centre if he needs to as well, um, which demand the big the big, the big big buck. So, you know, he's um, he's one of the Patrick Mahomes of rugby league, really. Yeah. And we'll get paid that, and, uh, and we'll get paid that million plus. And Scott Tadarangi, uh, this is a great response to our can't wait question of the day. Uh, hey, boys, I'd buy the bunker and sell it to rugby for twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rugby. Look, the the bunker's so well loved in the NRL. It's so well, you know, in football. You know, VARs loved in football. I what? I we tried to warn you that humans still use these things, these subjective and objective decisions. And you all thought technology would give one hundred percent accuracy. Not a chance. Not a chance at all. Uh, Carmo. To talk great things with us, both rugby and really important social issues as well. The great Ian Jones joining us. But right now, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand.
Four and a half minutes after eight o'clock. This is Daniel and Kempi for Bricky here on SENZ. Great to have your company. Great to be back. Unfortunately for you all, I'm here all week. Luckily, Kempi's here. Steady the ship. Keep us on straight and narrow. You've been too hard on yourself, Dan. Yeah, I was just, that was the me just, you know, trying to get some faint praise. <laughs> uh, been a fun morning uh, covering some light, some light live sport. We've seen the Black Caps hold on only just to beat Pakistan. Uh, been in Pakistan in T20 cricket with uh, that many players out for New Zealand's always impressive, but it was far tighter than they would have wanted after a late comeback from Pakistan. Uh, while Leeds United have found a way back into their English Premier League game against Liverpool, thanks to a comical error by Ibrahim Kanate just mere seconds ago, caught in possession, uh, and that has allowed Siniestra, uh, the winger, to uh, snatch the ball and then loft the ball calmly over and approaching Alison Becker from the top of the area, nestling the ball into the bottom left-hand corner, and Leeds, who are trying to stave off relegation, are back in this contest. They trail Liverpool by two goals to one at home. Uh, Liverpool uh, went in front after 35 minutes to Cody Gakpo, and Mo Salah made it two goals to nil. But Siniestra has uh, Leeds back to within one, just three minutes into the second half, Kempe. We've got a fantastic guest about to join us. Yeah, we are. Uh, doing wonderful things. Well, I, we, have, we have Dan, and we're so lucky in this country to have former and current athletes giving back to our community. And three of those blokes, Richie Barnett, um, along with Ian, our man Carmo Jones and Rick Wells, have been taking part in what's called the Dew Drop Hope Challenge going around the country. They're into their 16th day from Cape Rianga to the Deep South, swimming, biking and running their way through the Mutu. And uh, we thought we'd catch up and talk a little bit of rugby and, of course, to see how they're going. And he joins us this morning. First of all, Hari Huruto. Carmo, it's your birthday yesterday, mate. What, what are you? Happy birthday. How old are you? Yeah, Morena Kempi, Morena, everyone. Um... Well, my body's 56. My mind's like 14. Um, but my actual, yeah. No, I had a wonderful day, man. I was a, it was a real privilege to uh, to be around the people I was around yesterday doing the journey we're doing. And yeah, what a way to celebrate. Whereabouts are you at the moment, Carmo? And just take us through uh, the first first half of the journey. Yeah, thanks very much. So it's um, called the uh, the Hope Challenge. So it's raising awareness for the great work that Mike King is doing with I Am Hope and Gumbling Friday. And we're just connecting up these communities and talking about, um, you know, starting conversations around youth mental health. And you know what? It's been so powerful for me too, Kempi, before I talk about the journey, just hearing every night we've been hearing these stories, stories of hurt, stories of, you know, People are just looking for solutions, and it's been so powerful. That's just driven us on to the next stage, and you know, so pleased with the work Mike's doing, but so pleased with the conversations that we've started along the way. It's been brilliant. But what this really is is a journey from Cape Rianga to Wellington, a 16-day journey where we're bike swim running every day. Um, so last Tuesday we started right up at Cape, which was so spiritual for all of us, and made our way that night to Monganui, then Monganui to Russell, Russell to Ruakaka, Ruakaka to Auckland. So we're skipping down the east coast at the moment. And currently, um, after leaving Tongata yesterday and getting to Papamoa, which I am at the moment, make a bit of an easier day <clears throat> today, Kempi. We're heading to uh, Whakatane. So we're um, running and swimming along the coast and then a little bit of biking at the end. 
Carmo, Daniel McCarty here. Great, uh, good on you for doing what you are doing. You know, so, so important to, to elevate these issues. I, if you don't mind me digging a little bit deeper, you know, you said you've been quite motivated, inspired by some of the stories. Are there key, or are there consistencies in the stories about how people are hurting, how they are being impacted out there? Daniel, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, people tell us there's a thousand reasons why they're hurting and why a thousand reasons why kids harm themselves or we have these tragedies of suicide. I've heard the same stories from different families for eight nights, and it's the same story. It's not complicated. Let, let's cut all the, the complications to say we, it's too big to solve. It's too hard. It's not too hard when I'm hearing these same stories from these same families all the time, Daniel, which just absolutely gets to all of us. Um, it's not complicated. We need these kids or need everyone to be treated equally for a start and have the access to the, the counsellors, to people, to, for us, you and me and Kempi, to tell these kids we care, we have their backs. Mm. They are amazing. Because the other thing we, we've touched off, and we're, we're kids of the same generation, um, our kids, I've got teenage kids, Daniel, they're the best generation that we've ever produced. The kids we meet up and down the country have more empathy than you and I ever had. Yeah. These guys can change the world. They will make a difference. we just got to give them the bloody chance. Um, mm. And that's what I've felt these last eight days. And look, I have had, to be honest, no connection with Mike and, and, and the great work he's doing up until this last week. But man, it's it's been so powerful. And yeah, we're kind of on our... Know, the, the physical size eight to ten hours but it's freaking nothing compared to the, the hurt some of these families are going through so when we get to Fox Town tonight we're going to have a great celebration with the locals down there and they'll give us the energy to get to our next destination that's that's how we roll because at the end of the day me and me and Rick we're, we're aging athletes we're, we should be battling uh, <laughs> but we're not we're doing it with a smile because of the people we're meeting and the work Mike does and are out. Get on that website, people, hopechallenge.co.nz, find out where we're going to be or where Mike's going to be um, and come and say good day. Give us your energy because uh, we need it. Yeah, I caught, I caught up with the boys on Friday night when they pulled into Auckland, uh, Carmo, and they, they were they were fizzing, the, the back crew, everyone that's supporting you guys, so well done on that. Um, just on your own mental health, you know, Mike came on the show uh, late last week, and he said uh, there's only one thing worse than whining children, and he reckons that's retired elite athletes. How, how are you guys? Co- how are you guys coping with having Mike as part of as part of your backroom crew? Uh, he's awesome, man. He's following me and Rick on our bike for this little 50 cc scooter, and he's got the music blasting, and he's chatting away. And now me and Rick are still talking to each other, so that's that's one thing. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, we haven't had to turn our backs and walk away um, but no we're doing first Kempe man we've been energised like a couple of days ago we went and got to Waka Armour into the, the Hobson Beach you know the treaty grounds of, of Waitangi yeah. that was so special we got to accompany Mike King from Paihera Russell in his first swim in his waters you know yesterday we swam from Bowentown through to Matakana Island and for people who know will know that's where some things with pretty sharp teeth have been hanging mm. out of late. 
So that was a world record. I wish someone had put a stopwatch on it because yeah, it was a world record time. But no, so we, we, we're doing first. But as I say, man, the, the, what we're doing physically is nothing, man, nothing compared to the stories we, we're, we're hearing. And, yeah. you know, like just very quickly, I don't know how much time, but we were in Papamar last night. This, this man, Gareth, his name is, I don't want to say too much, but he's lost his beautiful daughter a little while ago and always going back seeking help, always going back seeking help, couldn't get it, couldn't get it. And might put a beautiful analogy because we're at a surf beach and you know, if you're a surf lifesaver and you shoot the kid back in the water, can't help you, can't help you, can't help you, and they drown, you would never have a job. You'd be, you know, there'd be so much outrage. But that's what's actually happening in our health system. We need to show these kids, hey, man, we got your back 100%. Whatever, whatever you want to do. And the message I always give kids, Kempe, man, fire out, write down your dreams, and then go and, go and do that dream. Look at you guys, love what you do. It's not even a job to you guys. You're getting paid heaps of money, but you love what you do because this is your dream. And our kids deserve the same stuff. Yeah, great words, uh, Carmo. Uh, one last one from me. Um, I, I know you, you've always been in good shape. I, I, you know, often I've, I've tried to get you on radio programs. I, I'm going for a swim. I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'll try and fit you in. Uh, you've always been so accommodating. So you're probably well prepared. But this, I don't know how prepared anyone can be for what you are what you are doing. So is there a part of this trip that you're a little bit nervous about when you think about the real estate, when you think about the terrain, what you're going to do? Is there, is there a circle on your map that you're a little bit concerned about? No, none at all, man. None at all. Daniel, man, we, you overcome things. And, and, and you never look at it 16 days, right? You, you freak out. You always look at it one stage at a time, one day at a time, tick it off, tick it off. No, nothing's too overwhelming, man, if you've just got the, got the right people around you, you've got the right attitude. And it, it pays not to be very smart when you're a sportsman, Daniel. Um, <laughs> then you don't overthink it. You just do it. Um, look, look, look how Kempe got through his career. Exactly. Because if you think too much about it, then you probably won't do it. And, and that's the other kind of message we've got to give people. Just say yes to things. Say yes. Never turn down opportunities. Say yes. Get outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Do shit you think you'd never do before. And man, you'll be, you'll be so... So empowered, and, and just very finally, because I have you on here, Daniel McCarty, what about those Chiefs, eh? What about those bloody Chiefs? Oh, mate, unbeaten <laughs> season ahead, eh? They showed that they only need to turn up at half time to beat the Canes, mate. Yeah, what a leader, eh? Oh, yeah, they, they, they went well, good impact, but uh, I'm sure we've saved that discussion for another day because it's a tough competition, man. It's a tough, tough competition. Well, we're throwing it out there, Carmo. We're saying now that they've gone seven and zero and and been away and beaten everyone on their home grounds that they'll probably go through the whole competition unbeaten and win it. Well, as long as they go through enough Kempe to um, they're in a position uh, which is very very important to give themselves home advantage in the in, in the playoffs. But you can't look too much further ahead than that because you can only, as I just said before, man, step by step. The way I used to. As a sports person, now as a fan in blocks, this is their second block of four for me. I thought they might have gone three from four. They have a potential now to go four from four, which would be a bonus. But um, no, let's not look too far ahead. But honestly, as you guys know, um, home advantage is a thing. It's just not a, it's not just a myth. 
and that's what Cal's all set. Yeah. Four wins against New Zealand sides too. Been in them all. Sam Kane, excellent in 2023. I'm so pleased for him for the amount of criticism he's copped over the last couple of years. He looks like he's back to his very best. Uh, and Dead a Dream. Dead a Dream, Carmo, as far as that. But, you know, in a lot of ways, considering the work you're doing, you know, Super Rugby's sort of a trite um, subject matter. Uh, you're doing uh, amazing work. Uh, congratulations to you. Really proud of what you're doing. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, and just finally, it's hopechallenge.co.nz. If you jump on that, you'll find out where we are. Or if you're out of position, um, donate. I think we're up to about over 3,500 counselling sessions raised so far, and that's pretty damn cool as well. It is indeed. Thanks so much, Carmo. Look after yourself. Okay, mate. Thanks for your time. Bye. They're so good. Yeah. They're so good, Dan. You know, like they, those boys going out there, putting up their time and, and effort just to, to make that, um, I guess, that space more more durable for a lot of young people and, and to let them know that it's okay to talk. That's that's the message. The message is no matter what, is to have that, have that conversation. Because talking, um, from my experience and, and still to my experience today, it's it's a it's a it's a conversation that opens up so many doors in your life. You know what I mean? If you're willing and brave enough to have a conversation, it keeps those doors open. Whether that's the door to your heart, the door to your mind, you know, the door to your friend's house, all people who are um, who are out there and and are like Ian Jones and Richie and and Rick, willing to help and do things like that, and Mike King. How better to put it put it together than having him stand up and talk at the end of the day too to say, look, this is what we're trying to achieve. But I just got so much time for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And you heard you heard the emotion in Carmo's voice talking about the stories that he's heard firsthand. You could hear it; it was palpable to me, and I'm sure it was to our listeners. I uh, hope it goes well for them uh, for the remainder of the trip. Yep, true strength is being able to talk, be vulnerable. Um, don't hesitate to ask for help. Absolutely, Kempi. We will take take a break. It's eighteen after eight. Seven. Oh, oh, see, told you. There we go. One time a show. I can't tell the time. Eight twenty-three, Kimpy. Yeah. I was going to say that was seven minutes away from nine o'clock. Yeah, nearly. That, that's horrendous. That, that's really bad. Thirty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's half an hour? Just asked um, international t- uh, twenty cricket. Yeah, who, who, who yeah, goes who over by about? Yeah, who can't yeah. Don't overthink it. Yeah, don't overthink it. Eight twenty-three. Let's go to Pakistan. We were supposed to catch up with him a little bit earlier, but the game went over time by about 40 minutes. He is Grant Halley at SCNZ Zone, and of course over there with the television now broadcast. Hello, Grant. Hello. What are you doing on this show? Does this mean the Saturday session is over? Are you cheating on me again? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know me. I like to get around. I like to spread the love. Well, there's a lot of me Jenny to give. McCarty. Is this... You never told me why they called you Snake. Is this why they call you Snake? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm feeling a whole lot. I must admit, it's a warmer embrace, the, the Bricky crew. They're very welcoming. They're very warm. There's lots of cuddles, lots of high fives. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit cold mean, and frigid in Wellington on a Saturday. Man, I, br- I bring you coffees almost every day, although I have stopped that in the last couple of months because I haven't been there. <laughs> That is true. That is true. I, I, I'm not officially calling myself, um, you know, uh, I, I don't think I've done enough for the Bricky crew, Kempe, to say so I'm a true blue team team member just yet. But but an honorary team member. Like like a T20 cricket mercenary is how I feel, Kempe. Yeah. 
You just, well, I'll tell you what, how you fix that up, um, Dan, is you just buy breakfast for the boys and you're sorted for the rest of your life. Sweet. Is it that simple? Yeah, that is. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Grant Elliott, let's talk about this game. How on earth did it get so close? Because I thought New Zealand were excellent for long stretches. Sort of the second half of their innings went batting and for the first 12 overs with the ball. Probably could have asked for much better in those two aspects. Mate, I, I didn't actually think we had a chance. I knew I was doing the last session. So I thought when uh, Pakistan were 88 for 7 in the 14th, I went, well, we're done and dusted. All I'm going to be doing is calling the last wicket. And then suddenly, Iftikhar Ahmed came in. And, I mean, he can launch the ball. He's, got the, he's scored the most sixes or hit the most sixes in 2022 and 2023 in T20 cricket. So um, he came in and he hit 50 of 20 balls, tied the uh, quickest T20 international 50 for any Pakistan player and ended up with 60 of 24 balls. Um, I said at the start of the game, what I did say was that, you know, big games like this, because to keep the series alive, New Zealand needed something special. And I think when, when it's a big game, you look to your senior players. So you look to Tom Latham, 64 or 49. Daryl Mitchell, 33 of 26 and two good catches. Jimmy Neesham, 10 of 6. Then you go to the bowling attack and you look to your senior players. Matt Henry, 1 for 27 or 4. Milne, 2 for 37 or 4. 10 dot balls but got hit for 23 off an over. So after three overs, he was just, you know, hit for 13. And then Neesham, 3 for 38. And East Sodi, 1 for 11 off 3. So all the senior players played a part. And they're going to have to because... This is quite an inexperienced New Zealand team, missing nine IPL players. So the fact that those players played well today, I think, is good signs. It means we're adapting a little bit more uh, to the wickets here and the conditions. Um, and, you know, like we can't underestimate how good this Pakistan team is. Their bowling attack is, honestly, it's one of the best in the world. You've got Shane Shafridi, Zaman played today. They replaced him with someone who bowls over 145 clicks. And they play well in their conditions. They're similar to us. We've only ever won two T20 international series overseas um, in the subcontinent. So, um, yeah, it's tough going here, but great win. Great win for New Zealand. Yeah, this, this is a Pakistan side who's essentially rolling out the same group of players, you know, with one or two changes here to the one they uh, sent to the T20 World Cup because none of their players are invited to the IPL. New Zealand have eight or nine players, so... Any win against Pakistan in T20 cricket should be celebrated, especially with, with, you know, the inexperience on show for New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, you know that New Zealand arrived here and they had one day to prepare. And I don't, like, I hate making excuses, but the, I asked the analysts to tell me what the perfect length is in New Zealand for taking wickets which is hitting the top of the bales and it's 5.4 meters here in pakistan it's 7.4 meters so that means you have to adjust your length by two meters on the pitch to hit the top of the bales so bowlers are having to adjust their length and batters are ha ha having to actually try and work out how to play on that length because your natural instinct is to pull it so a lot of players are trying to pull the ball they're playing the wrong shot their shot selection was poor in the first game so you go okay that's fine. Tick. You know, hopefully we're better for the run. Second game wasn't much better, but today was a little bit better thanks to Tom Latham and, and Daryl Mitchell. Great knowledge. My Lord, can I tell you? Oh, to have an analyst. 
working, doing all your work for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know, you've got to use the people in the back of the, the, the back room, Daniel. You know, just like, you know, sometimes I ask you all fair and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on there. You'll tell me and then I use it in the, uh, you know, in our Saturday session. So, yeah, well, we, we're very lucky. The production is amazing here. You, not only do you have analysts and, and Hawkeye and you can use all the stats, but you can use past, you know, clips. And um, I've got two guys taking a photo of me while I'm on radio at the moment. I had an interesting experience because um, I went to the toilets and the next thing I had four or five kids chasing me and shouting down the hallway. What? Straight into the com box asking me for a <laughs> signature. Well, they chased you out of a toilet. Yeah. No, it was interesting times, but not as, but not as interesting, not as interesting as Kyle Mills's hacker. And I have to apologize for this because the producer phoned me and he said, um, Grant, listen, I'm thinking that just before the T20, the first T20 international, you're going to have to do the hacker. And, um, I said, listen, it was the first time I played the, I was born in South Africa card since I've been in right. so, <laughs> I said, sorry, sorry, brother, I can't. But I tell you who can. Kyle Mills is arriving tomorrow and he can do it. So Millsy had to do a live hacker, which was perfect for me and not so much for Millsy. Yeah, the, the vision of it, um, the rating's been quite mixed. Please uh, give that feedback to Millsy, but good on him for trying at least. Hey, uh, Grant, um, I'll, I'll maybe dig a little bit deeper why you were chased out of a toilet by a bunch of kids on the Saturday session when we catch up later in the week. But thanks so much for making time. And I, I know you're pretty busy post-match. You've got to get uh, through security back on that bus. Go well, my friend. Appreciate your time. Thanks, fellas. I love your show, Kempi. Uh, hope you look after Daniel. He's looking after us, mate. Don't worry about that. It's all good. Go well. See you, lads. Thanks so much, Grant Elliott, joining us there after New Zealand's four-run victory over Pakistan to make it 2-1 to Pakistan in the best of five T20 International Series. Speaking of five, well, that escalated. Didn't it's it? Liverpool five, Leeds one. Just like you that. You blink and you miss it, and the Leeds fans are walking out. Jota has just scored to make it 5-1, and there's still about 20 minutes to go. Uh, we're a little bit behind time because of that delay uh, to our chat with Grant. We appreciate uh, the patience of the wonderful Aroha, who uh, is here now with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Six minutes away from nine o'clock, Daniel and Kempe for Bricky. What a wonderful crew! You know, they're not analysts technically, but they act like analysts. We've got comedian Joe. I've learned so much about your crew, Kempe. Yeah, former stand up comic. He is <laughs> former, and the, and the, I'd, I'd still say current. Yeah, no. still current, still current. We're yet to be decided every day. The shrug of the shoulders, he doesn't even know it. And Neeps is, is a, is it a rock band? Isn't a band? He is, he's very good too. Tell you yeah. what, pick up any instrument and put it to put it to task. He would. He put it to work. Yeah. What What's his number one instrument? You think? We'll uh, talk about him, not to him. I'd say his voice. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he backs out a little bit. Of, you know that eighties sort of Dave Bowie sound. So it's not too yep. bad. Not too bad. Yeah. You 
They go alright, the boys. We've had a little bit of a jam together, the whole lot of us. Don't, I don't know if you'd call it that, Neeps, would you? Oh, it was probably too many two beers deep for it to be a jam, <laughs> Kempi. But yeah, last year at the Christmas show was a great time. Well, the, the Christmas after party was fantastic at Kempi's place. You don't talk to me about Christmas parties. Didn't get an invite? Oh no! We we'll never get invites. Oh, we'll You're t- invited to our one, Dan. You're officially there you go. here. Oh, you go. thank you. Yeah. You're now part of the Boss. team. Boss grimacing. Oh, God, there's more money we have to spend. <laughs> um, speaking of money and spending, we like it when you win the TAB's money. Uh, as you figured out yesterday, I had a great old cackle when I heard the Warriors, um, you know, a bath it was. A bath for poor Money Mawari from the TAB joins us again. Good to speak to you in consecutive days. Hopefully you've had a better 24 hours, Paulie. Welcome back. Yeah, not too bad, although those punters who backed the Black Caps at around 365 yesterday, the last time I looked, uh, to beat Pakistan in that third T20 international, uh, are sitting very, very pretty uh, this morning after they they made it a wee bit harder than they probably had to in the end, but they got there. Uh, so the Black Caps keep the series down 2-1 in the series, um, and the boys are just working on the uh, odds for the next game, so... There's a bit of money out there for Black Caps supporters. Hold on to them. Uh, in terms of I, today, though, yeah, that, that would have narrowed a lot, like almost to what a dollar oh one. It seemed like the Black Caps were going to hose in, and Pakistan <laughs> went, "Hold on, hold on, squeaky bum time for those people holding the golden <laughs> tickets." Yeah, <laughs> towards the end of the match, it was uh, let's say a volatile market. Yeah, <laughs> it was all over the place. So, but. There's nothing wrong with having to sweat for your money, though. Um, especially <laughs> two hundred. If it's two hundred and fifty-five million, well, here we go. Sweating like, sweating like a one-armed bricklayer. <laughs> hey, listen, Paulie. Just um, I got to ask you that. I got to ask you the question. What what was what was the odds when there were three balls left with five runs to go? What was a live betting at? Did the the Kiwis go up to like nine bucks or something? Did anyone get on that? Well, I'm not sure it was. Uh, I don't know if the boys actually had it open at that stage. Um, so, but I'm guessing um, you could have got both sides in the last two or three overs. You could have backed both sides uh, at significant significant odds at uh, four or five dollars plus both sides. So, uh, if you got on at the right time, you probably didn't worry about the result because you were you were sitting in a very nice position. What do you got for us, Paulie? You got. Plenty of racing coming up this week at Matamata and Ōtaki, of course, and Pukekoi in the weekend. Um, Rickerton goes around again, but what have you got for us coming up? You must have a couple of favourites rolled out there for us. Well, I I, I might save the racing for tomorrow there, Kempi, because I'm I'm sure that you'll have something for us (laughs) at Matamata. Uh, um, I'll just wait to (laughs) Yeah, I'll wait to see um, sort of how the market shapes before, and then um, I'll... uh, hopefully have one for you tomorrow uh, for Matamata. But today, it's all about the NBA. As the playoffs continue, we've got a same game claim on both games today. The 76ers up against the Nets. That's game two in that series. And game two in the Sacramento Kings, Golden State Warriors, after the Kings upset the Warriors in game one. The Warriors, they've taken a bit of cash overnight. They were around the $1.80 mark yesterday afternoon. They've now been forced into a $1.72 just on the back of the support that they've had from punters. They were one-point favourites. They're now two-point favourites. So 
the cash really is flowing the way of the Golden State Warriors for them to even up that series against the Kings. Uh, and, of course, the Kings, they'll have uh, something to say about that. They've been, they were very, very good in game one. They're $2.07 in that head-to-head market. The boys have put together a number of power plays for punters to get stuck into. Uh, and there's also a boosted market on uh, who is it? De'Aaron De- Fox to score 30 or more points and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to make 10 or more threes combined. That's been boosted by, from 450 out to 5. That's been picked up by punters. Um, and there's also a wee bit of uh, money for uh, one of the power plays. It's a $5 power play. Steph Curry, 30 or more points. Clay Thompson makes five or more threes, and the Golden State Warriors win $5. That's been very, very popular with punters. can see why. Hey, Paulie, great to chat, my friend. Appreciate it. No, it's a really busy time, not only with cricket, the NBA, NHL playoff starting as well. It's a great time to be a sports fan now, isn't it? And we'll catch up That's, with you again yeah. soon. Take it easy. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. And you wait for Champions League uh, tomorrow morning as well. Don't forget. Uh, you can be live with your favourite uh, sports. Download the TAB app today. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18 and that live element. If you were, you were living and breathing that cricket game, you, as Paulie did accurately point out, there was some value to be had. Mm. Um, in the space of 40 minutes, there are a few twists and turns, uh, the beauty of sport. We will take a break. I think we're going to talk some uh, ANZ uh, Premiership netball. Shortly last night, it was the Pulse climbing up to second. The Mystics are still out in front. Uh, we're going to chat uh, some netball after this very short break. Things couldn't be more intense. Last night, the Pulse bounced back from a loss on Friday to beat the Su- Southern Steel by 24 points. Yeah, they're... Uh, they're challenging up the top. Their co-host of Centre Pass was Storm Purvis, Kieran Bingham. That's Kezza to everybody that knows him, the old <laughs> breakfast paneler that used to work out there in the kitchen with us. He's back in action on The Breakfast Show this morning. He's joining me in the studio talking everything netball because he's the man. How you going, Kez? Oh, good, Kempi, and, and Morena Daniel as well. It's so good to be back on Brecky, especially when I don't have to get up at stupid <laughs> o'clock, mate. I'll tell you what. Don't worry. Don't worry, you'll be, I'll ask the boss if we can have you back in, okay? Is that okay? <laughs> I'll try your luck. Hey, mate, just tell us a little yeah, bit about... we have a new call it. time now. New call time, too. We, four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, that's no, I'll tell you what, that's better. That's better. That's better than what it was. <laughs> mate, the competition, like seriously, the ANZ competition uh, is flying this year. Obviously, we've got the World Cup at the end of the year, but um, teams just, they're battling it out at the moment. There isn't a, actually a clear-cut favourite I think what, what is your summation of the first seven rounds look I'm glad that you said it as a World Cup year because I think that's quite a big focus for a lot of the teams right all all of our ANZ Premiership teams in New Zealand have a Silver Fern or a Silver Fern calibre player and so I think we're seeing especially in terms of the magic right we're seeing Emilia and Ekinacio and Bailey Mears uh Ekinacio, obviously the captain of the Silver Ferns, Bailey Mears, a former Silver Fern, fantastic player in her own right. They're really stepping up. And for a Magic team who finished second to last last year, bottom last, uh, only won one game two years ago, it's really impressive to see that they're starting to fire on all cylinders, minus the loss last night. Tell us a little bit about um, uh, Auntie Knowles and, and what she's saying to, I guess, the the people that are in charge of it and around the 
the durability of the game and making sure that it's not too rough. You know, because I, when I watch it, Kez, I watch the Australians and the Jamaicans and how rough they are with us when we're at international level. What does that mean um, when she comes out and makes that statement? Look, in terms of ANZ Premiership, and, and I'm really lucky to have um, Suzanne McFadden, my mother, to be there to talk through every game. So we just have uh, uh, hours and hours of, of aggressive conversations with each other, disagreeing <laughs> and agreeing with each other. Um, it's uh, In terms of what Noel said about the physicality, look, in terms of last night's game, uh, the steel and the pulse it started to get really ugly and I think that's um, down to a couple factors the pulse are a gritty team right and and you could say that for the steel now not having won a game all year I think I'm starting to sense a bit of frustration out of them and between the two teams even though the pulse had a good lead all game it just started to get a bit ugly and I'll tell you what can be if we go to a world cup and our players on the court are starting to get like that, let the frustration get to them, start to push, start to shove, start to fight an extra bit harder for that ball, the umpires are going to have none of it, and it's going to cost us the World Cup at the end of it. So I think what Knowles was trying to do was drill it into the players' heads that, look, I know this is the ANZ Premiership, but our goals are set on the World Cup, right? We can't allow this to get in our head, allow that frustration to take over, and honestly ruin a perfectly good game. So is the, is the competition then, is it thrown up, if, we, if we're talking World Cup, and the competition's so steady, you know, we've got crowds, back it looks like everyone's enjoying a join the, the games, but has it thrown up a, a smoky for the World Cup or does Knowles go with tried and tested? No trials this year for the World Cup, which is something real interesting. We, we actually spoke to Dame Knowles a couple of weeks ago on Centre Pass and I, and I had to ask her, you know, there's no trials this year, what exactly is it that you're looking for? And, and basically Knowles gave me the explanation that, that look, this team, the Silver Ferns team has been trialling for the last four years. You know, she's had this in mind and this is what I sort of said um, to you actually, Kempe, last year in the quad series is that Knowles isn't worried worried about winning the Com game. She's not worried about winning uh, the Quad Series or the Constellation Cup. She was looking ahead to this World Cup, right? So no trials. I don't think there is a chance at all of seeing any new Silver Ferns. Really? There's about a 10% chance in my head that we may see a Silver Fern return, but just take a look back at that uh, Constellation Cup squad. I think that gives us a pretty good look of what we're going to see World Cup. Okay, interesting. Uh, I'm contractually obligated to cram some Wellington content into this. 100%. Uh, the Pulse have won three in a row. They'd lost three games by one goal um, of their four losses prior. Fight me. They make a final. Fight me. That's oh. one half of your grand final. Daniel, look, I, I don't agree with you, but at the same time, look, you, you could you could absolutely make a case for anyone, right? And, the, and that terms that the tactics are a hell Except of a the team. Steel. The Well, look... I think I think everyone's put a pass on the steel this year. Losing, yeah, George I think Fisher the steel are out of the running. I, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I okay. We'll yeah. park that one. But you can make a case for the steel. You can make a case for the sorry, not the steel. The tactics. You can make a case for the stars. You can easily make a case for the mystics. But Daniel, you're right. I mean, you can never go past a vet, right? And and winning winning four titles in the last five years. I mean, you can't look past her as a coach. And and in terms of their team, Daniel, I think their midcourt is where it stands out to me. Whitney Soonis has been absolutely phenomenal. She single handedly for me, even though she didn't pick up man of the match on Saturday against the Mystics I think she was my match MVP just the way she allows yeah. herself to get into the head of any midcourt that she comes up against and even the defenders right the Mystics fantastic defensive core uh, Kara Stythe Michaela Sokolic-Beats and Phoenix Karaka Whitney Soonis had an absolute field day field uh, passing that ball into Amelia Wormsley and Tiana Maturo. So can't go past the post. And big shout-out to Tiana Maturo as well. 100 ANZ Premiership games last night at only 22, the youngest to ever do it. So bright future for your post, Daniel. Just quickly, you got centre pass um, coming up with Storm Purvis. How's that going too? 
Oh, loving it, man. Loving it. It's a bit, bit later on, you know, so uh, those those early wake-ups, I'm glad I'm not doing that on, on top of it. But, no, it's really good. Look, we get to dive deep every week and, and have an hour just, just chewing the fat with Storm Purvis, who's a former Silver Fern herself. And in a World Cup year, it's it's really exciting. And having these four games a week, it's just extra treats for us. So, yeah, looking forward to that tonight, 8 p.m. Mate. Thanks a lot for coming in, Kez, and joining us this morning. Talking netball, I know that Izzy's sister's going to be over the moon that we've got some netball out on the breakfast show, but um, the man with all of the, the knowledge, Dan, sits right next to us out here in, in Tamaki in the seat. Kez Bingham with all the netball chat. Mate, go well. Oh, well. Look, hey, look, and boys great. as well, I was just wondering, Daniel and Kimby, could you pass this on to uh, to Ruben or whoever needs to hear it? I heard uh, Tony Kemp signed a $400 million extension this morning. I was wondering <laughs> if I could get a look at that at all by chance. <laughs> Do you reckon I could get a look at that, or what's the story? No, it's a he's tractor, buying, mate. He's buying the Warriors. <laughs> it's a tractor. No, he's buying the Warriors. Right, right, right. It's, nah, it's nah, love you, boys. Love you, boys. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, brilliant stuff. Thanks, Kez. Appreciate it. We'll uh, take a short break. Smithy will be up next.